As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. And I'm Joelle Steiniger. Today we talked with Jason Zook, creator of I Wear Your Shirt and most recently BuyMyFuture.com. Really interesting to talk with Jason. He has been an entrepreneur with various projects over the past nine years. Um, and he shares a lot of what he's learned, including how his goals have changed and how that's changed the way he operates and runs his businesses. Um, really, really interesting lessons here. Yeah, and he's taking those lessons that he's learned about himself and, and what he wants out of life, and they're really driving his latest project, Buy My Future, which is something I haven't seen anybody else do. It's really unique, and I think there's a lot to learn from it. So enjoy. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash rocket ship. All right, Jason, tell us about what you've been working on the past few years. Uh, nothing, nothing weird, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, most people know me from a company called IWearYourShirt.com. I thought it would be smart during the recession of 2008 to ask the world to pay me to wear t-shirts for a living, a complete nobody from the small city in Florida that no one had ever heard of. And it worked out, surprisingly. Uh, I was able to basically capture a moment in time for a couple years. Uh, I worked with over 1,600 brands, generated over a million dollars in revenue, getting paid to wear t-shirts for a living. 
And it was a really cool uh, jump for me from the nine to five world into entrepreneurship. And I had a small web design company before that, but I had never done anything entrepreneurial in my previous life, like anything. I just had normal jobs growing up and uh, I wasn't a kid that had a lemonade stand or I tried mowing lawns once and I mowed one lawn and I gave up. Like that was as far as I went. Um, So that was a big thing for me that kind of got me started, uh, put my name on the map, if you will. I still don't even know what map that is that we talk about when we say that things got put on a map, but anyway. um, I think it's in the same file is where your permanent record is. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, we're putting that on the permanent record yeah. with your map. You're like, oh, okay. Those are two important documents I never get to see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I got a little crazier and actually sold my last name, which uh, I thought people would think was people probably still do think it was like the biggest sellout you could possibly do besides putting a company's tattoo like on your forehead. Uh, but when I really broke the story down for people and I told them, you know, hey, I'm a person who's had three last names up to this point in 2012. Uh, my mom's going through a divorce. It's not a good family situation. I don't want this last name. You know, it's tarnished for me. It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't bring me any value in life. And so how do I get rid of it? You know, how do I just, do I just open up the white pages and pick a name? I mean, who even has white pages anymore? So uh, what do you do. And I didn't have a family name that necessarily made sense for me to take forward. So I, I had done this I Were Your Shirt thing for four years up to that point. I said, what if I just sold my last name? Uh, and I launched a website called buymylastname.com, started the auction at $0, and in the first 24 hours it got up to 30000 bucks, which yeah. was ridiculous. Like I know how ridiculous that sounds, uh, so everybody listening can just understand that. But yeah, I sold my last name twice, and then I wrote a book about my entrepreneurial journey about a year ago called Creativity for Sale, and it's, I think, the first ever fully sponsored book. 204 people came together, paid me money to put their little messages on the bottom of every page, no logo, no QR code, and that raised $75,000 for me um, before I sold a single copy of the book, or before I wrote a single word, and it was just basically saying, Jason, we give you permission to write this book. We want to go along on this journey with you. You've done some crazy things, share them with the world, and hopefully this book makes an impact. So that's what I've been up to. That's amazing. It sounds like you have learned a lot too along the way that, you know, it started as wearing a t-shirt and really what you were doing was learning how to get sponsorships. Yeah, get, um, and, get, get sponsorships and tell stories. You right. know, I think with every business, right? Like even this this podcast itself, you guys do a great job of enabling people to tell stories. You you know, you guys ask great questions, and uh, even with your own business, you guys tell stories. And I think that 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 was just something I fell into by accident, really, honestly. Um, but it, you know, I think if you don't take the chances to do something, you don't find those happy accidents, and you don't find those little things that you go, "Oh, I actually am good at this," or "I do have talent or skill here." So you said you never really grew up. Uh, thinking about entrepreneurship and you just started um, tinkering around with some of these ideas and they worked really, really well. Where are you now kind of on that journey and what you think about what you want to do next? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I'm like so com- like polar opposite of what I was as a kid. You know, as a kid, I just you know didn't want to be stressed out. I just wanted to do whatever. I wanted to fit in. You know, I didn't want to be different. And now it's like anytime I get close to fitting in, I get hives, and I just I don't want to do it, and I run the other direction. Um, and so that's actually led me to this this new project that I think we're going to get into. But um, you know, I've been building a lot of online products in the past two years. Five online courses. I wrote my book, which I consider an online product because most of my sales come through Kindle and other places. And then I have two web applications, um, a SaaS app like you guys have. Um, and I have another one that just kind of went public with this bump sale thing, which is the pricing structure that I used for I Rear Shirt early on. But the thing that I, I found that I'm really, 
I'm, I'm okay at it. I mean, I, I make it, I make a living doing these things. So I'm good at the selling and I'm good at the marketing. But just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you should have to do it. And so for me, I love the creation process. I love the value exchange of solving a problem for someone by creating something and then they give me money for it and then they learn how to solve that problem themselves. But that cycle and everything that goes along with it kind of drives me nuts. And so I've decided to hopefully remove that, that from my life and to only sell one thing going forward hopefully for the rest of my life. And that is this project that I'm launching that's live right now called buymyfuture.com. And it's my way of saying, you can buy into me for $1,000 and you will never pay me another dollar above $1,000 and you get everything I've created in the past and you get access to everything I will create for the rest of my life free and first. And so you'll never have to wait in line. You'll never have to get sales pitched. You just get it. And I think it's a really interesting way for me to maximize my customer lifetime value and for my customers to maximize their lifetime Jason value, or you know, just like the products I create and the people I work with, um, they're just going to get everything for so one books, one apps, piece. anything, anything. Yeah. So on the on the docket, kind of ahead of me in the next two years, I have a roadmap for two courses, and it's actually four courses because I have two that I've agreed to that aren't even kind of included yet, but they will be uh, two books and two other web apps, and half of those are all going to be dictated by the community of people who buy. So I want to dig in with them, and I want to say, what are your problems? What are your struggles? Let's all vote on these as a community, and let me make those based on that. And then also get your input. You know, let's, let's have this be really collaborative, because I think that could be really fun. Are you familiar with anyone else that's done something like this? No. I mean, I know that there are certain like businesses or you know, even some other uh, applications or other things where you can buy lifetime access to those things. Um, I think Costco did something like a while ago where it was like, get lifetime membership to Costco. I mean, I guess that's what you're getting from me, right? Like you're, you're kind of buying the similar thing, but I haven't seen a, a creator or an entrepreneur do this for themselves. Um, you know, patronage is not new, right? The, the Patreon model, um, the donating to people on an ongoing basis, creating subscription recurring revenue. But this for me is just a one-time fee. Like you're never going to pay me again after $1,000. And a lot of people that I've told this idea to think, um, people that are kind of on the level of creation, they're like, oh, well, aren't you leaving a lot of money on the table? And my answer to that is, why does it always have to be about maximizing for profit and revenue and all that stuff? Like, yes, I want to run a profitable business, but do I have to squeeze every dollar out of every customer and going forward and continue to do that? Or why can't I do something that feels congruent to the way that I want to run business? And that may be weird or different or off-putting for a lot of people, but it feels really good to me. And it aligns perfectly with the way that I want to run my business with the values that I kind of filter that through. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now... Back to the show. So what what direction do you think you're going to go in? Because as you as you do these new creative projects, they tend to evolve and take you in new directions. You started off wearing shirts, and uh, sponsorship seems to be the thread that's held everything together the past few years. But then you get into teaching and courses, and where do you think it's going to take you next? And do you think that the people that are buying into the future are going to keep getting value and you know stay aligned with you? Yeah, really great question. I think uh, all your questions are great. So I'm just going to stop saying really great question because it makes, it makes me sound like I'm just repeating myself. But yeah, I, I look at the lens of where I am today because you're very right. Uh, sponsorship was the thing for the past couple of years that kind of was the, the thread that connected everything. Uh, and nowadays, I feel like it's, it's creating things that help people think more creatively. It's helping people learn how to sell their stuff, uh, whether that's in a way that makes sense to them or whether that's in interesting ways like the bump sale product that I have. And then the third thing is really just 
helping people kind of get out of their own way or, or giving themselves permission um, to, to do things, you know, to take risks, to, you know, move forward and take action. You know, really, that's the thread of my, my own personal website and most of my writing. Um, so thinking creatively, taking action, um, and actually selling, those are the three things. And I know it's might be too much to have three, but I really like the fact that those are the angles that I'm going with now. And I firmly believe that for the next at least two years, that's where I see myself. And it's just like you've said, as you get into those, you start to evolve. And so I think this community will actually help me evolve and to say, okay, what can I bring you guys the most value with that also brings me a lot of enjoyment and fun as I'm building and creating going forward. Is it your values that have driven the type of audience that you want to build up and that ultimately is going to be the customers of this product? A thousand percent, yes. And and I did not have those values uh, a, a little while ago. We were talking right before we recorded, and I, I kind of laughed because my values were: I want to own a Ferrari, and I want to be worth a million dollars, and I want to retire early. And those are such weird, dumb societal values that you know you kind of see out there, and you think, oh yeah, well I guess those are things I should strive for because that makes me look successful. And when I started to really examine those things, like I'm too tall to fit in a Ferrari, I'm six foot five. Matt, you've seen me in person. Like, could you imagine me in a tiny Italian sports car? It would be <laughs> no. hilarious. No. Uh, it, you know, it's just not not really worthwhile at all. And then the million dollars thing, you know, I, uh, or just, just having a lot of money. Well, what does that mean? You know, does that mean I have a lot of expenses? Because that's not fun. I had that with our rear shirt, which is why that business went away was because it got too expensive to run. Um, you know, so it's just really trying to figure out what really matters. And, and what I found for me is it's not those things. It's not the things that society is telling me that should matter. It's the fact that I want to control. I want, you know, I'm a control freak when it comes to my life. I want to be able to decide tomorrow, you know what? I want to make or I want to write a new book. And I want to start tomorrow. I don't have to get the permission from a publisher. I don't have to get the permission from an agent. I don't need to buy any software. I can just start writing and I can do it. Um, you know, and the flexibility too. I love that I can move and change to different projects. And if I have a crazy idea like this buy my future idea, I can just run with it. You know, there's nothing else holding me back that says I can't do this, even if it's not perfectly aligned with the things I've done in the past or, or some schedule that I set for myself that was completely arbitrary anyway. Um, so yeah, the control and flexibility values have been things that I kind of stumbled upon. But I really needed to stumble upon them because two years ago, uh, I was in $100,000 in debt. Uh, my IRA shirt business had just stopped. I had basically just stopped doing it. Uh, and I just felt really lost. And because I didn't have these values, I didn't have anything that I could look through everything I was doing, both professionally and personally, and say, what really matters to me as a person? Not to everybody else that looks cool or that I read in articles, but to me personally. Uh, and that's just been really huge for me. What do you think... For people who maybe don't have an audience or are in that stage where they want to break out and do their own thing, um, but the line between that and having the freedom that you're talking about isn't really clear. Um, I think a lot of people operate the same way and get that freedom early on, but before their projects are successful. And then it's it's a, a strategy or a lifestyle that ultimately won't work out because they get overwhelmed and distracted. What's the or, big? Or it's a type of business that doesn't lend itself. Yeah. What's like? What's the barrier that people have to pass before the freedom can start to pay off? Yeah. Okay. That, so it's a weird question, but no, no. It's it's a, uh, my mind goes in a lot of different directions with this. And uh, Joel, you brought up a really good point because I think the one thing to look at immediately is: Do you have a healthy business? And this is something that isn't talked about a lot, but it's, we take care of our bodies, right? You know, we look at the food that we eat, we look at the exercise that we should be doing that we're not doing. Uh, you know, we look at all these different factors and we understand how to take care of our bodies. 
but we're not really taught how to understand how to take care of our businesses except for the fact of it needs to make money, right? Like, okay, so maybe it also needs to bring somebody value or solve a problem for them, but am I running a healthy business? Because I know so many entrepreneurs, and I, am, I was one of them, I'm not anymore, who left the 9 to 5 world but now work 9 to 10 or 9 to midnight. And now they're not working 40-hour weeks, they're working 100-hour weeks. And this kind of gets praised in the entrepreneurship world. Oh, you got to hustle, you got to do all these things. And I just recently wrote about this, like, I think we need to stop hustling. I think we need to slow down. I think people need to understand that good business and a healthy business takes time to build. And it takes a lot of iteration, it takes a lot of tweaking. And there really is, and I know that you guys have had guests that have talked about this, and this gets talked about all the time, but it's so true. There is no overnight success. You know, building a business that is congruent to what you want to do in life and that is healthy and that runs well and that you don't have to pour every single hour of your being into takes time. And so I'm, I'm in my ninth year of entrepreneurship, which is, which is really crazy for me. But in my ninth year is the year that I have found the happiness. It's the year that I've found the financial kind of, you know, cycles that work well. It's the year that I feel the best. So my really horrible, terrible advice is, just give it time. And I, I say that that's horrible and terrible advice because it's so nebulous. That means different things for different people. You may be able to figure this out in six months. You may be able to figure it out in two years. But you know, I think there's a lot of people who say, oh, I'm going to start another SaaS app or I'm going to start another thing. And in four months when it's not doing $20,000 in monthly recurring revenue, they give up. It's like, well, it takes a lot of companies, a lot of different lengths of time to be successful. And if you really want that thing, you need to keep working at it until you get to a point where you realize, I can't work on it anymore because of you know family factors or personal issues or other things that are big red flags that you have to move away. Um, so I think there's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. And it just I look at it from my personal perspective that I just kept my head down. I've kept creating. I haven't let any one project define me forever because I thought I were sure it was going to be like, this is it. No one's ever going to look at me for anything else besides this wearing of t-shirts thing. But I've outgrown that because I've invested in other projects because I've continued to put things out into the world and I haven't let kind of the labels of other people or media or anything else define me. I just kept moving forward. How do you plan to balance that with by my future? I think the great thing about Buy My Future is that hopefully it affords me the ability to sell one thing per year, which is access to my future for a two-week window or whatever I decide to be going forward. Because this is the first year, so it's total like prove the model this year, see how people respond to it, let's test and tweak and go, and you know we'll just kind of move forward. But if this can be the one single thing I sell per year... And then the other 50 weeks out of the year, I'm just creating because that's where I that's where I live best. I'm very good at taking action. I'm very good at getting things done. I don't have writer's block. Uh, I recently sur- just passed a two-year mark of writing consistently every day, and I wrote over a million words in those two years. Um, and not a lot of people could do that. But the reason that I, I can is because I've decided to say for myself, let's try these things and let's have no plans. Let's have no, like things have to come out of it. Let's just do that. So uh, yeah, to answer your question, Matt, you know, I want this project by my future to set me up to be in a space where I can do what I do best, which is create and solve problems through the things I put out into the world and not have to worry about keeping up with the newest trends and, you know, how do you get sales from social media and how do you optimize your funnels and lead pages and blah, blah, blah. Blah. I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on creating really great stuff that solves problems for people and gives them a ton of value. And hopefully I build a community that just keeps growing year after year. And that's what I can focus on. So you're putting a lot of eggs in this basket. Um, and it sounds like you're selling this up front to kind of prove the concept before you move forward with it. Is that right? 
Yes. So what are you doing on the tactical side to ensure that you're going to kind of create at least that threshold uh, for yourself where you can move forward with this for the next year? Yeah. Uh, before I answer that, the beautiful thing about Buy My Future, at least in my mind, is not to tout my own project, but just because if it sells four units, let's just say only four people buy, which I actually already know that won't happen um, because of what I'll tell you in a second. But if only four people were to buy, okay, I just made $4,000 in two weeks. That's not a bad thing. Um, now I have four people who are going to be like my strongest like advocates of all time because they're the only four people. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I also can continue to sell all the products going forward that I make in the same way I was before. So the worst case scenario is that I just keep doing things the way that I've done them successfully for the past two years, and it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work as perfectly as I thought. But to answer your question of what I've been doing, uh, for 60 days I wrote a daily journal published uh, exclusively through Medium, giving a rundown of what I'm working on. Uh, so. This journal, every day I've been writing about the processes, the thoughts, the emotions. And I wanted to write this journal because I wanted other entrepreneurs and business owners and people to understand what goes into a project, not just what comes out of it. Because we always see the articles that are like, how we made half a million dollars launching this project. Okay, but what, like, what went into the beginning of it? You know, like, how did you get to that point? Not just all the successful stuff. So, um, I have done up to this, this point of now that this thing has launched, I've done a hundred calls with previous customers of mine, got on the phone with them. I'd never done this before. I'd always told people to do it, but I had never eaten my own dog food, which is such a weird, weird uh, saying. That goes with the map and the permanent record thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd never gotten on the phone. And so I got on the phone with people and I just, I talked with them. It wasn't a pitch, uh, but I, I had created a code name for this project and I had kept some secrecy in the lead up and it was called Project Galaxy. And so I was like, okay, are you ready to know what this is? And of course they're excited, right? Because they're hearing about it before anybody else. And so I would tell them, and these people had already purchased stuff from me. So they're a qualified person who has some incentive to say, uh, yeah, I'd be interested in this or, or no, I wouldn't. And over half of them said, yes, I would buy this today. And then I hedged my bets and a week before Buy My Future went live, I actually pre-sold that to a lot of those people and said, okay, put your money where your mouth is because your word is good, but it's not as good as like actually making the sale happen. Um, so that was one, one did, big did thing. Did you do that via email then at that point? Yeah, I set it up via email, uh, you know, obviously all the calls and scheduling. Uh, and then I would just email them back and say, okay, like here's the time. And I actually gave them a little incentive as well that said, you know, I'm not offering this publicly, but if you want to have an hour long call with me about your business or your next project, you can kind of keep that in your pocket as like a, you know, pull this thing out kind of golden ticket. Like, let me talk to Jason. Not that I'm like, you know, the business whisperer or anything, but just that, you know, sometimes you need help from someone who has a bunch of experience in, in launching things and building things um, so that they could have that as well as a little incentive. So that was, you know, really good thing. And then the other thing that I think that I did that was really successful was um, things like this, you know, having conversations where the goal, and I told you guys this before we got on and, and I'm hundred percent transparent about these things. I think I did 30 podcast interviews leading up. Um, and I told every single host, it was like, I don't have to pitch by my future on this thing. I would love to talk about it because I think it's a crazy new, interesting project, but I more just want to share with your audience what I've learned over the years and why it has taken me this direction. And that seemed to resonate really well with people because it's less about, oh, talk about my new thing and more about let me help the listeners, let me help you know the people listening. So those things were, were another item. 
And then the other thing was just creating content consistently. So uh, writing articles for my newsletter, uh, letting them know that this project was coming up, posting things on social media, you know, just building up some buzz. Because if you just drop a project on people, they're not primed for it. They're not excited for it. They have nothing other than just, oh, this is a new project. Let me check it out. Oh, I'm not really that interested today. They go away, then you lose them forever. And I kind of warmed all of my audience up for two months in advance to get them to the point of when it launched and when it was ready. Was 60 days the right amount of time? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, as of recording this, we're 17 days before the actual launch. So it's kind of a, we're in like a weird mind trickery time machine right now. Um, but I think it was because I've written, uh, what is it, 43 posts as of today. And I still feel like I have plenty to write about. I still feel like there's a lot of stuff going into it. But those early posts have generated. Uh, somewhere over 20,000 views through Medium alone, which is really cool because I probably wouldn't have gotten that had I just created those things in my on my website, in my little silo, um, that it's organically spread to people who never would have heard of it. That's awesome. Well, let everyone know where they can keep up with you and the project online. Yeah, I would love for people to go to buymyfuture.com. If you, for some reason, get there after the purchasing window is closed, which was September 22nd through October 6th, um, there is not another way to buy until I potentially open this up next year. Uh, but I will be putting additional updates there. I will be sharing new projects through that site and keeping things uh, kind of up to date on, on what my future entails. Um, and then I'm also going to write a full recap, so there'll be a link to that, and, and it'll be fully transparent on the numbers and everything that went into that project because I just really wanted to share with everybody like what goes into a crazy project like this of something that kind of hasn't been done before and what's the outcome. Uh, so yeah, really excited about that, buymyfuture.com, and uh, thank you guys so much for the awesome opportunity to chat and, and share with your audience what I'm up to. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And be sure to check out our app discount section where we have discounts on products that we use every day, like Woo Themes, Wistia, Treehouse. Go to rocketship.fm forward slash essentials and get your discounts today. 